Hello, everyone, and <clears throat> welcome to this edition of Phillies Talk Podcast for April 5th, 2021. This is just going to be a quick podcast. I wanted to get recorded in the morning on Monday, Easter Monday, and I hope everyone out there had a great weekend, great Easter, great Passover, whatever you celebrate. And how about celebrating the Phillies starting off to 3-0 and record? First time in a long time that I can remember the Phillies uh, going a few games undefeated at the start of the season. Um, thanks for tuning in to Phillies Talk Podcast. My name is Rich Baxter, and my co-host, Matt Vesey, will be off for this show. I was tempted to contact him yesterday and call him and see if he wanted to do a show, but of course, being Easter Sunday, it's it's a family time. It's a, a time for relaxation and things. I didn't want to bother them. So I'm going to do this quick podcast on Monday because I think I needed to get one out there for the listeners. And by the way, thank you for choosing to listen to Philly's talk. I hope you uh, enjoy the show over the year. Um, how about those fills opening up with a win? Aaron Nola on the mound. That's exciting. Uh, sort of ran out of gas by the end of the game, and the Phillies ended up winning that with that new rule in effect, the uh, runner being placed on second. So right after the the win, I was, I was a little ambivalent about wanting to celebrate that <laughs> because of the way, um, you know, baseball has become with these rules. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, starting a, a runner off right at the 10th inning on second base. I mean, it, it doesn't do it for me. Uh, the Braves came within inches of scoring a run on the Phillies uh, there in the 10th inning on opening day, Citizens Bank Park. And by the way, how is it? to have fans back in the ballpark. That's all we heard from uh, John Crook and Tom McCarthy, Ben Davis on the opening day broadcast, how nice it was to have fans back. They're part of the game. They're part of the atmosphere of baseball. You know, that constant hum of the crowd, so to speak. And, you know, it, it added a little more character to the game. What what a boring game it was last year when they had no fans, just a bunch of cardboard cutouts in the stands. And don't get me wrong, it was nice of fans to to want to sponsor uh, charity by uh, buying some of those cardboard cutouts, but it was it was really depressing to see that uh, and and experience that silence in the stadium. Uh, with no fans in it last year and you know, not our fault. COVID-19 still taking a toll on teams as we've seen the New York Mets and the Washington Nationals having to postpone their opening day series. And uh, the Phillies actually oppose those Mets tonight. So the Mets will open up in Philadelphia on Monday here as I'm doing this podcast. And, uh, you know, hopefully everything will go well with that. The Phillies so far have been unaffected by the COVID-19 virus. 
um, knock on wood. And, you know, that's something that's, that's still an issue. It's still very much with us here in 2021 as we start the season off. Um, but as I started off with the show here, what a great way to start the season off. 3-0, and uh, Zach Wheeler shining through for the Phillies in the second start of, of the game, uh, the series between the Phillies and the Braves, the NL East winning Braves from last year. And, uh, you know, he, he did his part with 10 strikeouts on his second game. He started here for the Phillies and I read some quotes from him after the game. And he is one to want to make a nice spirited competition between the starting Phillies pitchers. He alluded to the fact that, you know, he would want to always pitch better than the guy that just went. And he hopes that, you know, a guy like Zach Eflin would want to pitch better than him. And that's, that's a spirited competition between a starting rotation and something that, you know, Hey, you know, you went out there and did your best. Now let me go out and show you how good I can be. So I think that's a nice way to look at it. And I hope the Phillies starting rotation does this all year because they've had some early success here going three and oh for the first time in a long time. I trying to jog my memory to go back to see when the Phillies have started out three and oh, and, uh, now, I don't want to read too much into it early part of the season here, but winning is definitely a plus. It's something that uh, that beats losing by a long way. If you were 0-3 to start off the season, you have a, uh, a cloud hanging over you. So uh, we want to stay away from those clouds as often as we can, if possible. So the Phillies, as I said, welcoming in the Mets here for Monday as I'm doing the podcast in the morning. Just wanted to get a few minutes out there uh, because I didn't take the time to uh, to do a show on Easter. I did talk to a good friend of mine and co-host of the Baseball Talk Radio show, though, on Easter. We did a show yesterday. You can find that on iTunes or over at anchor.fm forward slash Baseball Talk Radio. The great Gary Mack and I... Um, each week recap the week of events in baseball. We try to put a spin on it and see, uh, talk about it a little bit, but I talked to him a little bit about Francisco Lindor, the, the Mets superstar shortstop. And I, I want to go short of calling Lindor a superstar. I don't think he's a superstar. I really don't. He might be a very good player, you know, a top echelon player, a good, solid performer. But, you know, Larry Boa was a very good top player at shortstop for a number of years. Did they, <laughs> did they think that he was worth $341 million? No, I don't think Lindor's worth $341 million. And I had a nice, you know, three or four minute talk with Gary Mack as we uh, segued into you know, the Mets opening day, 
problems with Washington having tested positive for COVID. And it segued into uh, talking about Lindor. And, you know, the Mets did it. I, I don't begrudge paying a good player good money, but I, I think the Mets bought something that was overpriced with Lindor myself. I mean, maybe you disagree with me. Um, but I, I just don't think a guy like Lindor is going to carry a team like a Bryce Harper may do. Bryce Harper was rookie of the year. He was an MVP and he's been an all-star for six, six years. He's a game changer. He's sort of a, a franchise player, so to speak. Are you going to tell me that Francisco Lindor is the franchise player? No, I don't think he is. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just not in that realm to think that uh, Lindor is the corner piece of your team. Yeah, great shortstop, um, all-star, but $341 million, that's a lot of money. You got to let that sink in. And it's usually reserved for those players that are, are game changers, you know, super, true superstars of the game, elite, top 10 in baseball. I'm not talking about being at a position, being good at a position. As we saw, JT Real Muto got a nice contract from the Phillies, you know, and the Phillies probably would have, there's probably a lot of fans out there to think he might be worth 300 million, but the Phillies didn't give him 300 million. They're not in the business to, to hand away these kind of contracts, but that's the Mets problem. I be honest with you. Um, and maybe it won't be a problem. Maybe Lindor will prove me wrong, but at this point, I think the Mets got hosed in that contract and uh, well, we'll get to see Lindor for this series starting tonight on April 5th, 2021. Just a minute or so about the MLB going political. And uh, I think it's a terrible choice that they made to move the all-star game out of Atlanta uh, for political reasons that the MLB and Rob Manford choose to go on. For some odd reason, all of a sudden, the MLB is is reacting to individual, um, so to speak, topics of of political discussion in this country. I, the last time I checked, MLB is a baseball organization, not a political wing, not a political party. I don't go to a baseball park and pay money because I'm supporting their choices in political moves. I just don't do it. I'm a baseball fan. I like the game of baseball. And that's what, to be honest with you, a lot of people want to get away from politics and things like that. The MLB should stick to baseball, policing itself. Let the world <laughs> do what it's got to do or go where it's got to go. But MLB should not be taking sides on different issues one way or another. Now, in this particular instance, uh, 
there took sides on a state's approval of a certain law on voting. That should be no business of the MLB, in my opinion. It wasn't something to, um, I don't know. I don't know how to properly explain it other than the MLB is poking its nose into areas where it shouldn't be. Rob Manford should be out as commissioner. If I'm an owner of baseball and I'm seeing what Rob Manford is doing with baseball and billion dollar teams, and he's making it seem like these billion dollar teams that he's controlling what they're doing. He's, he's a man that is desperately trying to be more than a commissioner of baseball, in my opinion. He's trying to one-up baseball and move the MLB into being some sort of uh, political toy, so to speak. And it's just not right, in my opinion, one way or another. I don't care the individual issues, but I don't care for it. I don't go to baseball to be told, you know, what politics that this organization believes in. And I believe it's all being driven by people like the top at Manford. You know, Manford at the top is is steering this big MLB ship into uh, to rough, dangerous waters, I think. Uh, he's, he's going in places where the MLB shouldn't go. It doesn't need to go. And they need to think about baseball and promoting this game and not changing it like they've been changing their socks in the morning. And they shouldn't get away with it. And I've got to point the finger just at Manford. He's, he's driving all of this. If I'm a baseball owner, I'm thinking he is not good for the game. He's trying to put his own agendas first and uh, steal the limelight. When's the last time you actually heard of a baseball commissioner uh, as much as you have heard the name Rob Manford before? You know, I think you'd be hard pressed to, to do that. And these guys are like egomaniacs. They want to drive their own um, traffic to them, so to speak. So, all right. Just wanted to get a few minutes out there, Matt Vizi, my co-host for Phillies Talk, will be back. I want to invite you over to my anchor.fm site, anchor.fm forward slash Phillies. You can sponsor the show right from there. Listen to all the podcasts. You can also subscribe right there to the show. And over at patreon.com forward slash Phillies, you can get exclusive content simply by becoming a subscriber, and that's supporting the show because I'm not bombarding you with ads. A lot of shows do that. Um, I wish I could, but <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm, I'm relying on you guys out there, the listeners, to hit that sponsor button, and that's the two places that you can do it. So, uh, appreciate you jumping on board as a sponsor. If you have a question, comment, or an issue with trying to find the way to sponsor the show, write me rich at fightinphillies.com and check out the blog and website at fightinphillies.com. And, uh, 
You guys have a great week, and hopefully the next time you hear this show will be 8-0 or something. The way the Phillies are going, you never know. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week. Phillies and the Mets coming up uh, for Three Gamer, and then I'll be back on the other side of that to uh, discuss it. Thanks for listening.